Hello and welcome back to the RevOps show. Jumping right on into it, Doug and Jess are diving into our third principle and our seven first principles for radical execution. Just for some context, these principles are what we use here at Imagine internally to make better decisions. The focus for today is the third principle, being probabilistic, not deterministic. So what do each of these terms mean? What does this look like in action? Don't worry. They'll get into all of that right here, right now. Jess. Doug. You, you look tired, Jess. I'm, I feel like it's been a month since the last time we recorded. It's only been four days. <laughs> well, you know, the time between RevOps show is, you know, time moves slower. That's, when- that's exactly... That's exactly what it must be. It's not that I've had a week. Not at all. So Jess, Jess, I'm here to help you. See, if you listen to this, you can't be in a bad mood after Queens Don't Stop Me Now. That's what, that's what you said. It's like a scientific fact or something. It's not, yeah. I mean, look at You're already smiling more than you were. You are. Tell the truth. You're already ready feeling better. From like 10 seconds of don't stop me now yes absolutely now absolutely. if you really like if, if you really need to get ready and, and you don't feel like you have the goods you do um you do don't stop me now and my shot whichever one you want to do first whichever second but you put them back to back and basically they're like you, you i don't think anything can stop you after you listen to those two songs yeah my shot's pretty good so pretty good hype music so uh, that's that's my uh, RevOps advice for everyone today. If you're uh, if you're feeling a little down, if you're feeling a little low, if the world's got you in uh, in a conniption, which is unfortunately understandable. Yep. Put on "Don't Stop Me Now" and my shot, and you'll be good to go. There we go. There we go. Um. All right. Today. Oh, we we get a bunch of thumbs up. Sweet. See those those people who are just listening, they they miss out on all the all the fun here on the on the video. Um today I want to talk about our third our third principle. Why is it always what you want to talk about? Because you you always ask me what's the topic. So the day that the day that you come with we had one topic that you picked. The day that you come with a topic is the day that you get to pick. Is this all part of that you took all authority away from me? Is that what this exactly. is? Exactly. You have no authority. That's exactly what it is. You know, if um, I had authority today, you know what I would have done, Jess? Today would have been Saturday. I would have announced today is Saturday. But, I wish, and I, I think wish you would have liked that. I wish you would have had the authority, but unfortunately, you don't. You took, you took it away. So. I all did. right. What are we talking about? Our third principle, which is uh, our third principle of RevOps, which is... Uh, is it our third principle? I thought our, it was our third no, principle, our third principle of radical, execution. radical execution. I realized as I said it, radical execution, not RevOps, um, which is probabilistic, not deterministic. And so I think- I think first, I agree with you. You think you, yes, exactly. For those who understand what that means, they'll get that joke. <laughs> wow, we're really going to just use emoticons the entire podcast today? Great, sweet. Um, I think where I want to start is defining the terms. So what is probabilistic? What is deterministic? 
de deterministic is is uh it's a binary mindset it's right wrong it's yes no um it's succeed fail probabilistic is there there you know there there is a probability any anybody that's ever seen a weather forecast understands what probabilistic is um there's a 70% chance of rain i think we talked about this on a previous i remember saying something about a 70% chance of rain to somebody um you know, there's a 70% chance of rain. And so, you know, what, what do we think when we hear there's a 70% chance of rain? We think um, it's going to rain. Right. And then, and then if it doesn't rain, we go, oh my God, you know, I wish, I wish I could be wrong all the time. We insult, you know, we insult meteorologists, weather forecasters, et cetera. Um, when, you know, if something's going to happen, 70% of the time, it means it's not going to happen 30% of the time. Yep. Um, yep. And, and so what, what deterministic does and, and, and really rather than the, you know, kind of the underlying definition, which has lots of complexity and nuance and someone could certainly call me out on, on the um, definition that I just gave what, what happens with deterministic, it, it, it's really certainty versus uncertainty. It it's, it's living with certainty versus managing uncertainty. As, as I'm sure you know, Jess, the French philosopher Voltaire. Is any one of your favorite French philosophers? Weren't you just telling us? Yeah. At, at our blue team meeting, that one of your favorite French philosophers. Exactly. Was Voltaire? Um, he said, "Uncertainty is an uncomfortable position, but certainty is an absurd one." Um, the the challenge is we humans don't do well with uncertainty. We seek certainty. We have a bias right. for certainty. And that's probably magnified because generally speaking, people are really bad at math and understanding the implications of math. You know, so, so one of the, you know, one, one of, I, I gave a piece of advice earlier. Don't stop me now. Uh, my shot. I'm going to make, I'm actually, this is a real serious, um, RevOps advice. And that is anybody that, that, that calls themselves a RevOps professional, anybody that is serious about RevOps. And I, this doesn't apply just to that group, but since this is the RevOps show, then get, read, and consume the book Thinking in Bets. One of the best books that I've read, it, it, it's written by, you know, really interesting woman, Annie Duke. She, if I remember correctly, she, she was, you know, studying, getting a, a psychology or something like that degree was having some financial challenges to get tuition paid out again. If I'm remembering the story correctly, that, that relates to her, but anyway, so her, her brother was a professional poker player. So she started playing poker to make money and she actually um, won the 2004 world series of poker tournament of champions. Um, and, and, you know, she made her living playing poker for years and, um, now writes books, advises, et cetera. But, but it, it, it's, a uh, you know, um, you know, the mentality of thinking in bets that, you know, that's the difference between, um, probability and, and deterministic. So if I told you that there's a one in a million chance, you would say, we, you, you would likely interpret that as that's impossible. Right. Right. Yet think about this in the world, in a world of a million people, one in a million things happen every day. Right. And, and, and so, you know, we, we all have a tendency to make statements 
people have been known to say things to me like, Doug, you know, you are wrong sometimes, but you're never in doubt. It's true. And, and I'm not saying they're wrong when they say that. And, and, and the, you know, the funny thing is I'm actually filled with doubt, but it just, I just don't communicate that doubt. So someone says, you know, you know, anytime someone makes a statement, especially something about the future, you know, what I, I love what Annie Duke said in the book, thinking in bets, just follow up with, you want to make a bet. Yeah. You know, and it was funny. I was having an argument with somebody and I was saying, no, this was true. Um, and you know, they didn't use the words exactly want to make a bet, but it basically came down to that. I'm like, well, you know, you know, I'm pretty certain it was in this, like, if, if you notice the moment you go want to make a bet, yeah. the moment someone calls you on it, all of a sudden those aspects of uncertainty come in. And, and what happens, you know, when we talk about the world of sales and marketing, when we talk about growth, when we talk about complex systems, we have to understand we do not live in a world of certainty. Um, what worked yesterday, there's no promise of it working tomorrow. And and understanding that and, and, and realizing that we don't control the end result. Right. right? It, what, what we can do is, well, to quote the, the great philosopher, and I can't remember the guy's name from, um, and now I'm, oh my God, I can't remember the, the book in the movie. Um, Catching fire was the sequel to it. Um, Katniss Ever Everdeen. Um, oh, uh, oh God! <laughs> what what is wrong? See, this is the downside of, of Hunger Games. The Hunger Games, right? To, to quote yep. the, you know, president of the, I guess the first Connie or whatever. May the odds be in your favor, right? Um, that's what you want to do. You you want to do those things so that the odds are in your favor. And when you right. when you begin to think through the lens of probability rather than certainty you become a much better observer. You, you learn much more quickly. Um, and, and I think that you pull, you know, you, you, you generate more luck. Why do you say you learn more quickly? Well, I mean, it comes into, if, if you don't have a hypothesis, then you can't really assess any gaps between what happened and, and, you know, where, where were the gaps between what you thought was going to happen and, and what happened? Um, you know, I, you know, when I, when I, when I was a financial advisor, one of the things that I, that I realized is, you know, pe people were entrusting me to advise them on making decisions about investing their money so that their money would provide for them in later years. In essence, what they were asking me to do was to predict the future. But, but here's something that, that I discovered. We're really, 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 really bad at predicting the future. Even when we predict it, quote unquote, accurately, I would say 99, 99 times out of 100, when we predict it, you know, when, when we predict what's going to happen, happens. The reason it happened has nothing to do with why we thought it was going to happen. It, it's, it's like we go to the, um, you, you know, the, the, the billiard table of the universe and we just hit, you know, those balls as hard as we can and go, see, I told you it was going to go in the hole. Um, that wasn't necessarily what I thought was going to go on, right. You know, it, it, et cetera, et cetera. So there, you can't really, you know, if I'm certain something's going to happen and, and, and I, and I see this a lot. I mean, this, this is something I think it's going to be very interesting if, if we are anywhere close to the economic trend that people are, are, are predicting 
because very few people have have seen an environment like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and 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 I see lots of people who were who were at places where really good things happen. And, and, and they were even involved in those good things happening, but they weren't necessarily really involved or understood what went into those. So they just have the experience that this works, but they don't really know why it works. And, and the difficulty is they're great as long as that continues to flow, right? As long as everything keeps coming up, but the moment something adjusts, they really can't make that adjustment because he didn't really learn anything. There's only two things that impact that, that are going to determine the outcomes of your life, the outcomes of any anybody's or any organization's efforts. Those two decisions are the quality of the decisions, and, and I guess I'm going to say in the actions that people take. So there's quality of execution, mm -hmm. right? But then you know what the other element is? What? Luck. So you know we've talked a lot about. Oh, by the way, the only thing that you have any influence on is decision quality. So, so if you want to improve your outcomes, then you want to improve your abilities to make decisions and, 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 and decisions are about, you know, decisions are predictions in the future, right? I mean, I, one of, one of my favorite things to, to pick on, but you know, I've, I've been in CEO groups, et cetera. And someone says, well, you know, if I were a betting man and I'm like, well, you are a betting man. Yeah. Right. Every, you know, when you wake up and you get out of bed, you're betting you know, there's not a banana peel next to your bed that you're going to step on. It's you know what you call two banana peels next to your bed slippers, <sighs> but I'm bummed. So, so if you don't understand that, 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 you know, if, if you're not bringing a, pro a, a probabilistic, like if you're not accepting that you, that you live in a world of uncertainty, then you can't really learn because you're not understanding, you know, a core element of, of what's contributing to, to your outcome. Right. And, and so two like, I mean, you hear me, I'll say something and, and, and I'll say it with, with, with what sounds like an equal level of certainty. But, but one item I might be 90% certain about, the other item I might be 40% certain about. I mean, it, I, I don't have a scientific backing on this, but, but from my experience, what I find is once people start getting to a one in three chance, they start talking with certainty like it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So, so the, the, the prediction, there will be a, you know, Gartner makes a prediction five years ago and says there will be a million fewer salespeople five years from now. There'll be a million fewer salespeople in 2021. Okay. What confidence level? Like they never reported on the confidence level. Cause I can tell you, I, I, I know enough of the people at Gartner to know while they speak with certainty, they don't, they're not, they're not certain. They were not saying there is a hundred percent chance that, you know, I'd, I'd really, um, I'd be really curious. You know, as a matter of fact, the, the military and, and the intelligence world in the U.S., they actually realized this issue of how we have, you know, we talk with certainty. So we talk deterministically when you, when you're writing reports and you're, you know, making statements or recommendations, you have to provide a confidence level to it. Osama bin Laden, you know, Osama bin Laden is there. No, no, no. We believe Osama bin Laden is there. Okay, that's yeah. not. We believe with an 80% level of confidence that Osama bin Laden is there. Right? When they weren't at, when when they weren't accounting for the the uncertainty elements, right? You you know, and you think about it. When I'm sorry, when they weren't accounting for the uncertainty elements, they made bad decisions and they continued to make them. They actually made 
you know, they progressively made worse decisions. You know, when, when, when you're playing deterministic games, when you're just jumping at certainty, 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 you're, you're playing whack-a-mole, right? You're playing real whack-a-mole because it's all random. Right. Right. If you're going through life with a, with a deterministic um, outlook, life is random, right? Now I would say there is randomness in life, but it's not random. So is, is being able to communicate that probability, is that, is that how you kind of fight the, the want for, for deterministic, for the, the want for certainty, I guess? Because there, there is this want for things to be certain, particularly if we're, if we're talking about RevOps and, and, you know, humans like certainty. Uncertainty makes you uncomfortable. I think we're talking about, I don't think we have to limit it to RevOps. So is that how you manage the, the fear of uncertainty? You, you kind of call out what you feel the probability is. Is that what you're saying? I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I think that's how you deal with not falling into the trap of certainty. I don't, I don't think that that, I don't think that necessarily makes you any less fear, fearful or, or uncomfortable with certainty. I, I, I think what happens when you deal with uncertainty frequently enough and you accept it, like, I mean, here's, the, I mean, the first thing I would say is uncertainty doesn't care whether you accept it or not. Right. Um, so when you accept it, I think over time you get comfortable or at least more comfortable with the discomfort of uncertainty. You know, I, I, I think predictability, unfortunately, has become a trite word and isn't valued to the level that, that, that it should be. The, the entire reason that we have a professional discipline of business, the entire reason for management is to increase predictability. But to increase predictability, you have to accept that there is not certainty. So, so, so you have to accept the fact that you're, you have to accept two things. You have to accept that you're making decisions in, in complex systems, right? And, and, and so just as a reminder, complex systems, complexity means there's interdependent elements. And, and so there is no linear, um, there, there is no linear place, right? If, if, if I flick a quarter, the quarter will move. That's cause effect. That's very clear. That's a very simple system. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? You can't predict where is it going to go necessarily because little bits of friction or things that change could, could, you know, what will have an impact on, on everything else that else that happens. And so, um, there, there, there's an element of, of complexity and then there's an element of chance. And so if you think about chess, chess is a game of complexity. Mm -hmm. So you can't necessarily predict the outcomes of a chess match because if someone in the third move, like the number of variations that happen with each additional move, I, I think, I think in the first two moves I heard or read that there's like over a hundred thousand variations of what could happen in, in, in the first two moves. And by the time you get to 20 moves, it's at, you know, some incomprehensible number, but with chess, it's complex, but there's, but it doesn't have the element of chance because you've got perfect information. So, so chess is not a game of luck. Luck is not a part. Of, I mean, you're, you're lucky that a better player made a mistake, right? You don't get control that. So I, so I guess there is, you know, there's luck from that standpoint, but the better player in chess will win every time, unless they misplay. And if a chess player misplays, 
As a matter of fact, in any chess match where there's a winner or a loser, you will be able to identify the specific point at which the winner, yeah, you know, at, it was at this point that they got into the advantage that enabled them to win, right? Yep. Poker, and by the way, that is why I think chess is a horrible metaphor for business and a horrible metaphor for life, right? It's it's a great metaphor because it's complex. People say we're playing chess, not checkers. Right. Right. But but chess is a game of perfect information. Chess is a game of computational, of certainty computation. Right. If your math is good enough, because you, you, you have you can all of the information on the board, you have right. all the visibility right. to everything. Right. Yep. And everyone has the exact same information. Yep. Right. Poker is a game of imperfect information. You 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 lack information, everybody else lacks information, and the information that you have is different from the information that everybody else has. What's more, the conditions change, right? And 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 there are multiple elements of, of condition, right? So the only variation in chess is do you move first or do you move second? In poker, right. do you know, are you are you in a blind? Are you the mini blind, you know, which, which basically forced you to play a certain amount of money and, 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 and those types of things are happening. And so you have to make decisions based on probabilities. Like you don't bluff. You've never heard about anybody that, that bluffs in chess. The closest to a bluff in chess was as computers, you know, as they began to program computers that became legitimately competitive, there was a computer that, Apparently, basically all it did was it just created a whole bunch of random moves and, and it had a shock factor to it. And, and there was, for a brief period of time, there was this thought that this computer program, you know, had determined this new way to play. Like there's just a whole new, that, that a human had never considered. And then they, you know, it was finally realized that, no, it was just doing kind of a random blitzkrieg of, of things. And, but, but that's not a bluff. There, you know, in, in, in life, bluffs happen. Yep. And and there's two, but there's two types of bluffs in life, right? There's the poker bluff, right? I know I'm bluffing. I'm intentionally bluffing, but there's another bluff, which I, I call it the ignorant bluff. Someone's bluffing. They don't even know that they're bluffing. You know, some, somebody, I, I always like to joke around that, um, you know, if, if it costs you 75 cents to, to, I'm sorry, if, if you're selling a glass of lemonade for 75 cents, but it costs you a dollar to make it, you're well, not going to make it up in volume, but, but, but that doesn't mean that if you've priced your lemonade at $1.10 because it's only reasonable to expect to make money in your business and a competitor comes along and says, we're selling equal quality lemonade for $0.60 cents, and you go, well, that's stupid. Who would, who would sell lemonade for $0.60 cents when it costs them a dollar? That doesn't mean that you know, for me as the buyer, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to spend $0.60. Cents, right. Know? Hey, I can get a good – the fact that they're losing money on it, you know um, – that's actually why, if you remember um, John Nash, do you know who John Nash is? No. Beautiful Mind. Remember the oh, movie, the movie yes. Beautiful Mind? That was about yes. John Nash. John Nash won a Nobel Prize in economics. He basically created the, the basis of what's now called game theory. And I'm oversimplifying John Nash's theory, but basically what John Nash said was, you know, he kind of made the, the connection of game theory to business. And what he said is in business, the thing that's different about game, the game of business is in the game of business, the dumbest player sets the rules, right? So like if you're playing baseball, there are rules to the game of baseball. If you're playing Uno, there are rules to the game of Uno. 
if you're playing Una with your three-year-old daughter, there are you, no understand, <laughs> you understand what John Nash's Nobel Prize winning theory was because the rules will change to whatever works for the three-year-old daughter. Yes. Um, and, and, and so that's, you know, those are the things that are going on. Um, I mean, th you know, th think about this, who, who planned, who had the great idea to bring a Facebook add on just as Facebook, you know, hit a, a, a point where, oh, wait, active users go down, TikTok's now in, right? And now, you know, now, of course, everyone's talking about TikTok and everyone's bringing, you know, is, is graphing TikTok to the sky. Um, and, and look, you know, I mean, certainly TikTok, you know, what they're doing is amazing and, and all the things that people are saying about them, I, I, I think are true. But in, you know, in everyone's prognostication and, and, and predicting about TikTok, no one's taking into account that what, what's the next thing? Like no one had thought of TikTok before TikTok, but, right? you know, there's going to be that next thing and, and that shifts everything. You know, in a previous episode, we talked about um, what people are getting wrong with data and metrics. And, and, you know, people are talking about big data and, you know, if, if you look at the world, you see that, that we, we've hit this point of just tremendous volatility. Um, and, and, and that's because the cost of change in a macro level is, is extraordinarily low, but also we've become so data driven in this I idea of big data. And as our tech has gotten more intelligent and AI and this and this and this, the problem is. That what that doesn't take into account is is the nature of of complex ecosystems, yeah. right? So one element of complex ecosystems is a butterfly flaps its wings. In Portugal, it rains in San Antonio, but there's another element of of complex ecosystems, and that is spontaneous combustion. A change enters the environment. Uh, Nasib Talib calls it a black swan event, right? A change enter the enters the environment that has no precedent. Right. Okay. Part, part of evolution is something completely unexpected happens. And, and so the thing like, so the first thing that people miss is whatever data people are using, whatever AI is being used and whatever machine learning is happening at its core, the frame with which the AI is learning was created by human. So to say that this is, this is making people, you know, meaningless. It's like, okay, well, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that there's not going to be a Skynet, but what happens is the system gets better and better and better at predicting what's going to happen by what happened. But then the moment that there's an unexpected adjustment, it's lost. And that's an example of where we fall into these deterministic elements. So, Hey, you know, you know, why, why did all these companies run and, and hire, more people, et cetera, you know, and which, which is now leading to the layoffs that we're all experiencing that we're, you know, that, that we're seeing right now. Well, you know, I, you know, they miscalculated their probabilities. And, and, and so like what, what I realized by the way, when I was managing money or when I was recommending managing money was, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the statement that, look, we have no, you know, like investing is about predicting the future. Yeah. And the problem is we have no idea what's going to happen in the future. Right. At first that sounds scary. Right? It does sound scary. <laughs> Except what when you realize, look, that's just an input, right? The, the input is we have no idea what's going to happen. 
The only thing I can tell you with any certainty is that something that we don't think is going to happen is going to happen. Yep. Right. Well, well, what does that, it, it, it means, well, how do you allocate your money? It means you need to be able to be, you know, you need to be able to adjust. It means you need to, you know, as you look through the prism of, 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 of risk management becomes more important. And then you begin to realize that the people who treat managing money as being right, they're the one, you know, they're, they're, they chase gains, they chase returns. And in short periods of time, they do extraordinarily well. Because if you're all in with certainty, while the dice are coming up your number, right? You're, you're going to look really, really, really good. Right. Well, yeah. well, what the, what the other side does is they realize, well, you know what, we're going to look at it more from the standpoint of managing risk. And then when you add another economic principle, which is the economics of loss, you begin to see, you know, that, 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 that changes the game that you're playing. It changes how you learn. Um, you know, you realize th th this is where I talk about, um, you know, the, the only two games that I think are worth playing in, in, in any casino though I do play blackjack though unequivocally blackjack is not worth playing if, if money is the driver. Um, cause the casino will always win yeah. in, in the end, in the end. Right. I know there are professional blackjack players. They are the absolute, absolute exception. The, okay. Uh, but it's poker and, um, poker and, uh, oh my craps. Right. Yeah. Craps is a game that, that you can play, you know, you can bet with the house, but, but the other thing is when you look at playing craps, what you'll see is if, if, you know, the people who start playing crazy and they start, you know, doing all the side bets, et cetera, they're the ones, you know, they're, they're, they're up big for a little while and then they, you know, leave depressed, you know, the people that play craps effectively, you see, you know, they, they, they're always managing the risk, right? It's a different way to play the game to understand, you know, that there is no such thing. And by the way, this is going to upset a lot of people listening. There is no such thing as a hot hand. So how do we, how do you kind of shift from that, that deterministic mindset? Like how do you get out of, out of wanting everything and to be certain? Well, I, I don't think you ever get out of it. I mean, I want to, I want certainty. You're just, you're tell just gonna involved. Just tell me what's going to happen. I can't. Can't tell you what's okay. going to happen. Well, I'd like it. I mean, wouldn't it be great? If, if... it would be, it would okay. be amazing. Um, so I mean, so one of the things I do is I pay a lot of attention to context. Okay. Um, you know, the first question that I'd ask anybody, um, when I was a financial advisor that was coming in to tell me about their investment product, the very first question I asked is, when do I get hurt? T tell me about the environment where this investment will hurt me. Okay. Yeah. Right. Be because they come in and they tell me. Hey, this is a great investment. It, it, you know, you don't want to miss out. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, great. Well, tell, tell me when this investment doesn't work. Now, by the way, if I'm investing in a, so like I, I, I used to invest, um, one, one of my favorite investments was managed futures. And one of the reasons I liked it was it had, it, it, it did not correlate with more traditional stock and bond investments. And, and, and what managed futures basically does is it, it, it basically takes any trend, right? So if mm -hmm. the trend is up, you're going to be, it's going to do well in an up market. If the trend is down, it's going to do well in a down market. Right. Now, so where does this investment, and a lot of people talk about, this is, a, this is an investment that does well in a good market. It does well in a bad market. Oh my God, it must do well in every market. No, it doesn't do well in every market. You know what market it doesn't do well? It doesn't do well in a sideways market. It doesn't do well when there's not a clear trend. And also it doesn't do well when a trend reverses.
So by the way, one of the things that you learn is, okay, how long does a trend have to exist before yeah. it, it adjusts, right? So you begin to look at it differently. And you know what? When those investments would go down in a sideways market and someone goes, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, I'm in this thing that I don't even fully, and it's down 30%. I was very comfortable saying, no, look, remember, we knew it wasn't going to do well in this environment. It is behaving right. the way we expected it to behave. So you come up with a strategy, you come up with a tactic, you say, hey, this is, okay, great. When will it work? Well, tell me, when, you know, when would it not work? What, yeah. what would cause it to be um, ineffective? H how are we going to judge it o over, over what period of time? What are we looking for? You know, and, and by the way, it's totally reasonable for someone to say, look, this is going to take 12 to 18 months before you can really judge it. Okay, great. But but I can't wait 12 to 18 months blindly. What what should I expect earlier? Um, right. How confident are you? I'm 95% confident. Okay. I mean, and I would tell you if someone's 95% confident, you know, they better, better, better have, I mean, like there, there can't be a lot of complexity that, right. that, that's involved. But here's the other thing, like, you know, you, you know, what, when we do our pipelines, we add a forecast confidence one, two, three, four, or five. Right. Um, cause it's a simpler way than, than, than putting a specific probability in. Um, and, and so if you say that's a four and it yep. closes, okay, great. Right. If you say it's a four and you lose, okay. What made you, you think? And, and by the way, when yeah. someone says it's a four, so which is basically, they're saying it's an 80% chance. Yep. Okay. What, what gives you that level of confidence? Cause that's a very high level of confidence. Yeah. And, and when you lose one, what made you think that it had an 80% chance? And, you know, where were you wrong? Okay, this one's got a 20% chance and you win it, right? And, and here's where everyone goes wrong, right? There's a 20% chance, chance of winning it and you win. What does everybody do? Because if you say there's an 80% chance of winning and you lose, we say, what were you thinking? You were wrong. Yeah. When you say there's a 20% chance of winning and you win, what do we do? What do most people do? Oh, I can't believe you won that. That's exciting. Like, I don't even think it's that. It, or maybe it, they celebrate. Yeah. Oh my God, that was great. You won that deal? Yeah. Oh my God. That's, yeah. that's amazing. How'd you do that? Right? What does probabilistic thinking do? Why, why did you put that at 20? <laughs> why? What, not, what made you think that there was only a 20% chance of winning? Yeah. Where were we wrong? Guess what? Yeah. You were you were every bit as wrong winning a twenty percent deal as you were losing, losing an eight percent deal. Yeah, right? they're the same thing. Yeah, right. And and so if the objective is learning, you know what that that to answer your question, how do you get out of how do you become more comfortable with with lack of certainty? Mm -hmm. You you change your objective, right? Is the objective learning or is the objective the result? Right. When, yeah. when, when you realize and accept the fact that more than 50% of the result happened because of things you had nothing to do with. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, cause, cause there's another thing to understand too. And you know what that is? It's the eighth wonder of the world reversion to the mean. The longer you outperform, the higher the likelihood you'll underperform. And, and so if you take a look at what's happened over the last three or four years, outperform, 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 
right? Hey, we beat our forecast by 50%. We came in at 150%, right? Let's say, let's say you're looking at a monthly forecast. We beat our forecast by, by 50%. We came in at 150%. What do people do with their forecasts at that point? They change it to whatever that 150% is. And that's their new forecast. What they typically do is they do nothing. They keep it oh. the same or, or they increase it basically. Hey, look, you know, yeah. we can now, well, but, but you know what the odds say? The odds say, if you beat it by 50% next month, you're probably going to miss it. Right. That's reversion to the mean. Now, where's the exception? The exception is if we're in an environment where, you know, the tide is rising, Hey, you beat your forecast by 150%. But your industry outperformed by 175%. Did you outperform? Right. That's don't confuse brains with a bull market. No, you didn't outperform. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. You know, that's that that's what I refer to as don't confuse brains with a bull market. So so again, if you focus on learning and then you, when when you find yourself making statements, ask yourself, want to make a bet? How confident are you? Yeah. And, and your goal is to be able to increase your confidence levels. Now realize. Some of what's going to drive your confidence level is how, how complex is the situation? What's the time frame? Like you should have a higher confidence level for what you're predicting tomorrow than you should for what you're predicting for 10 years from today. Yeah. Right. So if you have a 90% confidence that this is going to happen in 10 years, well, okay, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to have a, I have to have a doubt with you. As a matter of fact, you, you, you might find that I, I haven't thought about this enough, but I'm going to say, I don't think you can have more than a 30% confidence. Um, for, for what's going to happen 10 years from today. Right. And I, and, and I might even be overestimating there, but, but now that I understand, you know, so, so now if I've got a 25% confidence level that something's going to happen in the next 10 years, you know what? I'm super confident. Yeah. 25% yeah. isn't super confident, but 25% where the max is 30, right. There, there, there begins to be a, and, and so I might make that bet a little bit more. We made the bet five years ago the technology and the disruption of technology was going to become a bigger and bigger issue. Yep. Right now we were not right for the reasons. And actually we were not right to the degree because it's blown away what our expectation was. Yeah. Right now. Did we like bet the entire farm on that? No, but did we move our chips more? Did we begin to think about our personnel? Like all, all those things began, began to come about based upon you know where that was also realizing that there there are no guarantees yeah and i have a thought on on what you said around quick adjustments because i think if you have complete certainty in your mind or you've got that deterministic mindset i don't think it's possible for you to make quick adjustments because you because you'll stay on the path you'll have you'll have that thought and that's something we always talk about on here how important it is to be able to adjust um i think that's the other place where it really hurts you. And, 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 you know, here's something else. Okay. Cause there's always going to be aspects. Like, I don't think you ever get to the promised land. Um, you never get to paradise without going through at least a half a mile of sewage. That's, that's my Andy, Andy Dufresne. You know, that, 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 that's my, the, the, the Shawshank law. Yeah. Right. Um, Shawshank's law. That's what I, that from now on, that is Shawshank's law. Um, right. <laughs> So, so there's a place where, you know, th you know, think about it. You're Andy Dufresne. You, you, you get into the pipe. Do you know how long the pipe is? You don't. Right. 
So, so the question comes, how confident are you that, that there's an end? Yep. And what's the value of that end? So, so think about this. So, so here, here's another place. Is certainty better? I've got a $10,000 opportunity. And if you focus on it, I got, it's got a 90% chance. You got a 90% chance at it. You're 90% okay. confident you'll get it. I've got a million dollar opportunity. You've got a 10% confidence level. Which one do you spend? Which, which one do you allocate more time, more energy, more effort to? The, the, the million. Now, more. Now, first off, there's not a right or wrong answer. And, and you saw that as you started you know, making the calculations. Okay, so now let me change the, 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 the situation. You ready for this? You're, you're not going to have money to pay for the groceries for your family a month from now if you don't win something. You with me? Yep. So now which one do you focus on? The, the, the $10,000 one. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. It, it, yep. So, so, so the context in this scenario. Now, he, here, here's my next question. You've got a ten percent confidence level that something's going to work out right, and it starts behaving in a way that is less than positive. You have a sixty percent confidence level that something's going to work out right. It gets into it's behaving in a way that's not good. Which one do you stick with longer? Say that again. She's got a 10% confidence level mm -hmm. in a tactic mm -hmm. and it's not looking, it's not looking good. You okay. got a 60% confidence level in a tactic and right now it's not looking good. And the question is, when do you adjust? Which one do you stick with longer? Well, those are two different questions. <laughs> How are those two different questions? When do you adjust? Which one do you stick with longer? Isn't that what? What's different? I guess I'm viewing stick with longer. Like, which one do you continue to try to? Okay, I, I got, I got it now. It took me. A which one to do you there. stay on the path that was set without making an adjustment too long? Uh, um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think you gotta, you gotta adjust. Oh wow! I, I, really so I, I thought it was these. This, if, if I'm, if I'm, you know, if I'm sixty percent confident that this is the right thing to do, and I'm not getting. Mm -hmm. The response, I mean, you know, we, we, we've talked about the, you know, New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Super. Right. Why, yeah. why did, why did the Patriots never look like they made a real adjustment? Well, well, the, 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 the surface results, you know, the score of the game at the time did not look good, but the underlying elements, you know, Bill Belichick had a higher confidence that this was working. There are other times you've seen them make, you know, big adjustments. So, so when you talk about how quickly do you make adjustments, you know, there's, there's two problems, two places where you get in trouble making adjustments. If you make them too fast or you make them, I'm sorry, if you wait too long or you make them too fast. So, yep. so if you think about before you start and you say, okay, we're going to do this. We think this is going to be the outcome. This is going to be the path. What level of confidence do I have? By the way, if you've got a 60, 70% confidence level in something, Versus a 10% confidence. Hey, we're going to try this. I'm going to give it about a 10% chance. Which one will you monitor more closely? Which one will you monitor more quickly? Like I might say, if I've got a, if I've got a 60 to 70% confidence, I, I would actually say, mm -hmm. I don't want to measure super fast. Because yeah. if I because every time I measure and I look at it, it's going to prompt me to want to make in a read. and, and Right? Yeah. Whereas the one I've got a 10% confidence level with, hey, we need to pay attention to it. We need to, you know, shorten the waypoints. Etc. Yeah. Right. And and so you know, I I see this happen in 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 sales 
situations all the time. You have salespeople like, this is a good prospect. This is not a good prospect. It's like, well, well, no, what, what's the problem? You know, like what, what is the probability of success here? And, and I remember I was coaching a rep who, who, you know, and he was like, we agree, we agree to, you know, it's 25%. He's like, oh yeah, you're right. So I, yeah, I should just tell him we're not interested. I'm like, what, what, wait, who said that? And, and so the question that I asked him was, okay, well, well how do we get from a 25% chance from a 25% confidence level to what would have to happen for us to get to a 50% confidence level? And, and in doing that, would we be able to do that with less of a squeeze right. than if we just went all in? And, and, and the difficulty is most salespeople and most sales organizations, I, you know, when they're dealing with prospects or situations, is they're either like, you know, good opportunity, you know, me Hulk, you know, and it's like, you know, it, it, it's yes or no. And it's really, hey, how am I allocating my, my thoughts, my chances? Like the whole idea of lead scoring blows people up because they're like, you know, this is a good lead. This is a bad lead. No, yeah. no, this is degrees of probability. And if you're not, you know, people are trying to implement lead scoring strategies with a deterministic mindset, yep. which just makes no sense because lead scoring is a probabilistic tactic. Yep. And so again, thinking about, you know, if you just start going, Hey, here's what I think we're going to do. Here's what I think is going to happen. Here's what I think we should do. Okay. What level of confidence do you have? you know, begin to add to that and then start thinking about, okay, well, what, what would have to happen for me to have, you know, if you're at 30%, what would have to happen for me to have a 40%? And, and what you'll start seeing is when you, you know, to be able to form that confidence level, that probability level, you know what it's going to force you to do? What's that? Create a hypothesis. Because the mere fact of putting a percentage, that is a hypothesis. Yep. And, and, and think about that. How often do you, do you say to somebody, I agree with you, or you say, I disagree with you? Well, let me change that. How often do you say that before you worked here? This is a very common statement, right? Yeah. But when you agree with somebody, does that mean everybody that you agree with, you agree with them? Like it's the equal agreement? Yeah. No, right? no, it, 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 does, no, it right? doesn't. And, and, you know, you, um, someone says, do you agree? And, you know, my favorite line is, well, I don't disagree. Yes. Or, um, which I have, which I have stolen from you. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and that's because, you know what, if I say I agree, you're, you're, you're interpreting that as a hundred percent. Right. Right. I, I could agree with you. And I got a 30, like I'm, I 30% agree with you. Yeah. Now, if I said that to somebody, they'd be like, Oh, so you disagree. No, no, I don't disagree. No. I don't, I don't necessarily have the confidence level you have. And Oh, by the way, I 30% agree with you. I'm curious. How confident are you? You might yeah. find once you think, well, well, I'm, well, I'm 50%. Cause all of a sudden you realize, wait, things could happen or it could go wrong. And now, now my 30% agreement with you, now I'm at 60, you know, I have a 60% relative agreement with you. Right. And, and, and again, on and on and on. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it very much changes the world. And, and I now have the answer. The way you get comfortable with it is if, if the goal is the result, you know what we call that? What? We call that resulting. Oh yes. And the reason you can't learn is you can you only measure by the result right so even if you did the right things like i remember we had a we had a a kid when i was coaching college baseball he was just hitting them where people weren't right right but he was hitting the ball better than he hit it regularly and it's depressing to be out all the time and and because we were able to have the data to show this to him that his you know batted ball percentage, all those things were, were, were maintaining. 
we kept him from like totally adjusting and spiraling down, et cetera. So, so that, that's why realizing we don't live in a zero one world. We live between zero and one. That's what probabilistic thinking is. And we'd all be better off if we lived in accordance with that. We'd all be better off all day, every day. Well, because yeah, you know what between zero and one is? You know what another word between we live between zero and one? What? Nuance. Yep. And, 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 and what's missing from every large discussion that's taking place in the world? There's no, no one at, you know. Nuance. There's, you know. Yep. Yep. Okay, I got a couple of nuggets that I thought were good. Um, remember that we're making. You got a lot of nuggets you thought were bad, but. Yes, exactly. Just a few that I thought were good. About 20% of it was good. <laughs> You're making decisions on, on complex systems. So make, making sure that we remember we're making decisions on complex systems. We're not, we're not making simple decisions. Um, the objective should be to learn. I think that's, that's great. And then um, you only have influence on, on your decision quality. You don't have influence on, on the situation. So I think, I think those were my big takeaways from today. Well, on that note, All right, Jess, get some rest this weekend. I plan to. Plan to. We got it. We got we got a big week next week. We get a big month next week. You know you know what next week is, don't you? What? It's the end of the second quarter. It is. Holy cow. Wow. Next week we're in the second half of the year. Oof. That's crazy. Thanks everybody. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the RevOps show. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. Two main things I wrote down while listening through this episode that I think were super great nuggets myself. One, what worked yesterday, there is no promise of it working tomorrow in the world of sales and marketing, which is so true and something we should always be reminded of. And two, you will become better with uncertainty by changing your objective. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about probabilistic, not deterministic, or anything else RevOps related, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at demandcreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.